Welcome to episode 89 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Nathan, here at the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership, we work hard to try to address practical issues, processes, and ideas that executive directors of small to medium nonprofits might be working through. That's does right. That, does, that, does that sound like a commercial? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. We should get like a professional actor voiceover guy for that, Tim. <laughs> but, you know, and our topics often come out of conversations that we have with executive directors, or sometimes it comes out of how badly Tim and I screwed something up and we talk about it and we, we kind of dissect it and it's like, Hey, we could make a podcast episode out of that. Well, yeah, we both have some really good war stories, uh, that we share occasionally. Some, <laughs> some, some will remain in the, in the vault. Sometimes, you know, we just barely have our, our head above the waterline and, and, but we, we persevere, Tim, we, we make it through. That's right. The good news is that we both have survived to fight another day. We keep pushing along, which is really, <laughs> which is really good. Well, today we're going to talk about numbers. Now, I know you like numbers when it goes to fundraising, but we're going to talk about numbers in a little bit of a, a different focus. And these are the numbers that show up on an organization's financial statements. Now, I got to be honest, Nathan, numbers weren't really my thing growing up. I was much more into the humanities and, you know, literature, some of those kind of things. <laughs> and as I was thinking about this, I can't count all the time. My high school math teacher walked away from me after conversation, just shaking his head. You know, <laughs> And I know you had a little bit of the same experience at times as, as well. But I tell you, as I got into nonprofit work and I stepped into leadership, I had an epiphany when it came to numbers. Numbers on a financial statement actually tell a story, and they tell the story of the priorities and focus of an organization, like where they are giving their energy, the story of what is going well and what, what needs attention, and they can provide a clue to the direction an organization should take, and they can be a significant part of the compass that we are using to guide us in the way to go. You know, Tim and, and Compass is a is a good descriptor, and you know, yes, the the financial statements and all of the all of the numbers that we as executive directors have to look through and pay attention to, and yeah, it is a, a spreadsheet full of numbers. And and Tim, I was I was a solid C minus uh, student in math, and you know, looking at a spreadsheet gives me a headache. But as executive directors, our job is to take that information, the data that's on that sheet, and make decisions. And ultimately, that's what a compass is. It, it tells you where to go. And uh, so, it, you know, this is really important stuff. And Tim, I'm glad you're covering this because uh, I am not qualified to uh, have this conversation today. So, Tim, take us away. Well, we want to dive into this topic, and, and we realize maybe we know some of you have told us that you listen to this while you're driving. So please keep your eyes on the road, and uh, I know you won't be able to take notes, but we will do a couple things. One is, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we've begun to add tran uh, transcriptions into the show notes. And so if you want to download that transcription and read it and uh, highlight it later, you can, uh, or you can listen to this again uh, some other time. Uh, and we're also going to, in the show notes, put some links that I found helpful in explaining nonprofit statements. 
And, and oh yeah, uh, Nathan, I guess for the lawyers, we better make our disclaimers that we are not certified financial experts and we're not claiming to be those in this podcast. We're sharing some things that we found helpful in our experience as nonprofit leaders, but we recommend that you consult with a CPA or a financial expert that has experience in nonprofit finances. And before you launch out to do anything, you make sure you check with them. Okay, Nathan, are we we good? Yeah, basically, don't sue us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's there's not much to get, so that's that's all right if you sue us. Anyway, but we do feel like this is an important topic that we that we've grown in, and we just want to share from our from our experience. It might be might be helpful for you as well. So we want to dive into four financial statements that you should have as a nonprofit and that you need to be paying attention to. And we're not necessarily saying that you have to do all this. Hopefully you have a bookkeeper or you have uh, a CPA or you have somebody who's, who is qualified to put these statements together, but you need to know what they are and what they tell you and how that might impact your leadership of this organization. So let's let's dive into these statements and then I want to give you some tips on what to do with those. So the first the first statement that you should have is a is a balance sheet. And in the nonprofit world that's often called a statement of financial position. And basically what this is 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 it's a snapshot of your financial position at a specific point in time. So at this at, on this day, so if we did a balance sheet on this day, we're recording this on May twenty fourth. If we do, if we printed out a balance sheet, it would be a snapshot of where we are as an organization on May twenty fourth, two thousand twenty three. Oftentimes, these are printed at the at the end of the month, that, and uh, we look at it that way. And what that what that snapshot gives you is several things. One. This the balance sheet tells you uh, lays out your assets, so it's what the organization owns, and so uh, for example, cash. So how much cash do you have? What are your assets? How much cash that come from donations or grants, investments? So how much how much cash do you have on hand? And then other assets like you know furniture. If you have an office, you have furniture and equipment that you that you have to uh, use. You have supplies maybe that you use for your programs. You have a building possibly or a vehicle or equipment, all kinds of things. Whatever is an asset to you that has value, you want to make sure that's on your on your balance sheet. So you have assets and then you have liabilities. And liabilities is what the organization owes. So accounts payable. So what do you owe? Uh, maybe you have contracts. Uh, maybe you, you've contracted someone to do some work on your building or you have a contract with someone who uh, mows your yard every, uh, you know, mows the yard around the building. Wh- whatever contracts you might have are your bills that you have to pay. Uh, you may have some debt. So if you have loans, what do you, what do you owe on that? That's a liability. Um, maybe you are are giving grants to other organizations. So how much are you going to give out? So it's all 
all your commitments that's going to take money from the organization. And so your assets minus your assets minus your liabilities, uh, and then you have your net assets. The balance sheet is telling you where the organization is today. What are your assets? What are your liabilities and where you stand uh, and what you have to run the organization? So, Tim, as nonprofits, that um, those net assets, that number should be. Is it important for us to be increasing that over time or is that more of a uh, of an even we don't necessarily want it to go down? But is it important for it to go up? I guess is the question. You know, that's that's a good question. Um, and I would say, and I've said this on this podcast before, one of the bosses I work for used to say, you know, we're not in it for the money. But if we don't have money, we're not in it. <laughs> so our goal is not to amass great amounts of assets and cash only to the point that you're going to use that to carry out your mission, to do what you, the organization is put together for. You want to make sure you don't, you don't want to go down in value that you lose your ability to carry out your mission. We, we try to spend whatever we, whatever we receive to carry out our mission within reason. We also talk about we want a certain amount of money in the bank that if everything, if everybody stopped giving, if we had no more income, we'd be able to carry on for a while. So you need to think about that. Think about that as well. But it's, and here's the other thing to remember. Nonprofit doesn't mean that you as an organization don't make money. So it's just what happens to the money that, that you make. That's left over. In a for, right. In, in a for-profit, that money is, you know, it would be our, the owner's, the owner owner's portion, you know, you would the profit that you would get from making that money in a nonprofit, that money stays within the organization. It doesn't doesn't benefit any one owner or person. It stays to continue to carry out the mission as an organization. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of this uh, uh, of the balance sheet, you know, f- so, for instance, you could have somebody donate a building to the organization. And if they donated, let's say they donated a a building that was valued at $500,000. Well, your net assets just went up by $500,000, but that's not cash to pay the bills with. So when you're, when you're talking to me, cash, cash is King. It it, it is, it's Mm -hmm. what I'm looking at primarily most of the time. And you know, I, I, that's a conversation for your board to say, okay, what is our goal for net assets, especially cash? You know, do we want two months of operating capital? Do we want three months? Do we want six months? Do we want a year? Um, I worked for a while for an organization and they had one year's worth of all expenses, like for their program, the, the whole shoot match, they had one year of expenses in cash in a side account. And talk about how peaceful that was going into the into the new year knowing that we have a whole year's cushion now that may or may not be right for your organization and and that may be impossible for your organization but it's a conversation to have with your board but you know the the net assets is definitely a a, 
uh, a number you need to be paying attention to and watching those trends. Is it trending up? Is it trending down? And then breaking into pieces, what piece of that net asset is trending up or trending down? That's a good, it's a good comment and good question too, Nathan, because I think it's important to remember in a nonprofit, you are receiving, you're receiving resources, whether that's cash or uh, stock gifts or other grants from governments or other organizations to do your work. You need to be good, a good steward, a wise steward of what you have so you can continue to do to uh, perform your mission. There may be opportunities. So we took we took an opportunity. We had we had some resources and because of the interest rates, we were able to put some of that money into a a, a money market fund for example that we're getting some interest out of that. We're not we're not uh, playing the market with our with the donations, but we are being good stewards to say, hey, we can get a little bit of interest on that money while we're not using it, which will help us continue to do uh, to, to do our mission. And so you may look at that and say, okay, we'd like to see that asset go up because we're able to invest in that way. But it has to be out of stewardship that you are able to continue to, to, to do your mission. So let's go to our second statement. And, and I have to say, this is the one that I spend the most time with. And it's income statement or in nonprofit world, the statement of activities. And basically this shows all the financial activity of your nonprofit and the financial result of your work. Now, the thing that's, uh, the thing that's different about a statement of activities from the balance sheet is that rather than being a snapshot in time, it shows what happens over a period of time. That may be over a period of a month or that may be over your fiscal year. But it's more like a video rather than a snapshot. It doesn't take just one picture. It continues to show the picture of your of your organization. And so it looks at it looks at the revenue minus expenses, which will equal the change in your net assets or the funds coming in, minus the cost of operating. And so a cost of operating nonprofit will then show you what funds are available to continue the operation. Let's go back. The statement should show, first of all, where is the revenue coming from? So how do you get resources to operate your nonprofit? So you may, you may get donations. People support you. You have donors. You have, maybe you have some big donors. Maybe you have people that give every month or, uh, or whatever. You have Grants, maybe you get from government or from foundations or other organizations. Uh, we talked we talked in our last podcast about events. Maybe you have a golf tournament. And so that's one of the things you notice that you had thirty thousand dollars come in from that golf tournament. So it shows it shows what comes in for revenue and where it comes from. Then you also on this sheet, you have, where is the money being spent? What are your expenses? What are the, what are the categories of your expenses? So your programs, compensation, rent, you know, office equipment, uh, you're able to see where you're spending the money. 
you also on this uh, statement of activities might see, uh, particularly as it relates to revenue, it would be good to know what money is restricted and what money is non-restricted. And Nathan, you want to talk about the difference between restricted and non-restricted when it comes to to gifts, to yeah. donations? <clears throat> sure. Um, restricted gifts are restricted for a specific activity or for a specific period of time. So if you have a uh, program, let's say uh, you're a animal uh, shelter and you have a budget line item for dog food. So you could get a gift that comes in that is restricted for dog food. So if it is restricted for dog food, then you can only spend that money on dog food. As opposed to an unrestricted gift, let's say it's a $100 gift. So I, I send in a $100 restricted gift for dog food. I have to spend that $100 on dog food. If I send in $100, it's unrestricted, then I could spend it on, on dog food or cat food or bird food or whatever feed. I guess it's bird feed, uh, Tim. <laughs> uh, but either way, you could spend it on whatever you want. Now, restricted gifts you could get yourself in trouble on restricted gifts. So let's say that you had a, you have a, your budget for dog food is a hundred dollars. That's your, that's your budget for dog food, but your donor sends in a $500 restricted gift for dog food. Well, okay. Now you've got your first hundred dollars, but now you have $400 that is restricted for dog food. You can't spend that on salaries or cat food or, anything else, you have to spend that on dog food. So now you have to go back to your donor and say, listen, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Donor, thank you so much for your gift. But you know, we don't, we don't spend that much money on dog food. What do you want me to do with the difference? So uh, restricted gifts are okay as long as they are already in your budget. So Tim, here, here's another way you get upside down on restricted gifts. Let's say that a gift comes in, you've got uh, $100 in your budget for dog food, but the gift comes in for uh, something outside of your budget. I, I don't know what it is, uh, X, whatever X is, but you don't have X in your budget. So now you have $500 coming in, but you ha if you're going to accept the gift and keep the gift, you have to spend that $500 on X which is outside of your budget. So now your budget just increased 500 and the revenue came in to offset that, but it, it, it's, it, it's not supporting your budget. So you have to be really careful when it comes to restricted gifts. Unrestricted is, is almost all the time a better option than restricted. And I think that's a really important point. I know is for new executive directors coming in who may not be used to that, now, it's really easy to go, wow, we had $100,000 revenue come in. That's awesome. But it's important to know what was that, what was that revenue giving to? And if 90000 of that is for one of your programs, but you need 50000 to run the organization, you're, you're in a world of hurt at that point. So, again, we're not saying, I mean, we go out and we say, hey, we want to raise money for one of our programs and we, we do that. That's great. But you need to you need to understand what do you need to operate, what do you need to do your mission, and be very clear about the revenue that's coming in, what it's what it's for. So something to keep in mind. 
And and this uh, this statement of activities is really important. You can you can pick up different things that happen. Uh, so I look at I look at this report in two ways. I, it's and I will say if you're more used to like a P and L statement, profit loss statement, this is similar to that. And I start by saying, okay, what did this month look like? And then I also look at it from a year-to-date perspective. So if I'm in April, I look at what did it, what did we spend in April? What came in in April? And I look, I look for trends. I look for what is the story that's coming out of this? Like, what did we do in April? And then I also look at what have we, what have come in and what have we spent through the first four months of the year so that I can get a, a more of a picture that way. And things pop up. So Nathan, you and I were talking about, I know your organization has a large uh, expense at the beginning of every year that's going to pop up on your on your statement of activities. If I was a new executive director and I saw that, you know, a $40,000, $50,000 expense or whatever it is, I'd be going, what in the heck? You know, I got to I gotta go find this. But maybe yeah, we... You can, we have a bill that comes due in uh, January. Uh, sometimes it bleeds over into February, but typically January. And it's it's twenty percent of our entire uh, revenue uh, is an expense d- due in January. And it is, yeah, that first year uh, I I started in May uh, of the year, so I had I would heard about it, um, and so I had to go back and I had to look at the income statements for the last two or three years to to get my arms around what that expense was. And, you know, thankfully it was in January. So we got the benefit of the, of the year end fundraising push to make sure we had cash on hand to make that payment. Uh, but what it, what it does, Tim is, uh, we are, we show a, a net, uh, net revenue, uh, until like, you know, January 15th or, or whatever. And then, and then, of course, that expense hits. So by the end of the January income statement, we're negative, and and we stay negative for the entire year uh, until December uh, when we go positive again. And it's just, you know, it, it it I try to not be demoralized by it, but gosh darn it, I have to go the entire year with a negative number. Uh, and but you know that's the that's the way it is. So and and it is important to understand this is a major part of what you do as an organization so it's not it's not regretting that spending that money per se right right it's it's, it's what the basis you do. it's the basis of our program so you know right. it, it's medicine it, it's our it's our pharmacy budget and it all it the majority of it comes at one shot and you know that's that's why we fundraise that's why we do that's why we exist so it's not a bad thing uh, right. But when you sit there and you look at the reports and it's like, oh man, it's, we're still negative. So, and so the key is this statement, statement of activities brings questions up that you can go and look. So if, if you see an extra expense or if you see a, a big gift that's given or whatever, you can ask questions and say, Hey, I've got to go find out what that is. And, and I, the, the, I think the key word there, Tim, you used is story. This mm. this information is telling you a story, and the way I always approach it is, I take a step back and say, "Okay, what am I seeing? I, I'm looking at the forest. You know, what story is the is this telling me? 
And then as I see trends or I see something that's, that's not quite right or is out of whack or is, you know, maybe it's 20% higher than in the past or something that stands out to me, then I could dig into the details and look at, okay, what specifically is going on? But I always start at the 40,000 foot level and then work my way down to the, to the 5,000 foot level. And, and it's, it, it helps me to understand what's happening at this given time. So the, the third statement is unique to nonprofits, and it's called a statement of functional expenses. And this, this statement is, uh, has information that often is requested when you fill out your annual 990. 990, if you're not familiar, is basically your nonprofit tax return, I call it, uh, for the IRS. And it basically lays out money that came in, how you spent it, what you did, a whole lot of other questions. But this statement shows how your expenses are distributed among the functional areas of your organization. This talks, this, this shows the distribution of your expenses by the functional areas of your organization. So oftentimes it's programs, how much went to programs, how much went to fundraising, how much went to management are three that often show up. So I'll, I'll let you know in our organization, we have four areas that we track under functional expenses. We are an organization that works with people who have displaced refugees. And so we have a functional area called refugee services. So it's everything we do uh, to do our work with those who've been displaced around the world, locally, whatever. So it's the services, the work that we do with refugees. We also, as an organization, train and consult with other groups who want to know more about refugee work and what goes on. So we, some of our expenses go to help training and consulting. And then we also do research and advocacy where we, we need to know what's going on in the world of refugees. Um, and we need to be able to communicate to others to advocate for the work that we're doing. So those are three of our functional expenses, our, our functional, yeah, where our expenses go. And then the fourth one is admin. So what, it, what do we spend to keep the organization running? This is somewhat of a, not controversy, but there's a lot of, a lot of ideas and thoughts about what goes into these functions. And the reason that this is so important, this statement is so important, is one, donors like to see how you use the money. How, how are the expenses distributed? So, you know, if you're spending 90% of your expenses on managing your organization and only 10% doing what you, the work that you say you're, you're to do, that could be a problem. And so they want to know, how are you spending your money? You know, certifications from, from websites like Charity Navigator or GuideStar, they use that information to rate your organization, how well you do it. And it's good to know as a leader, what, how does it break down? What are, the, what are the places, what are the functions that we are uh, that we are doing to carry out our mission and how much of that money is going. And, and I will say for us, um, this is us, and I'm not saying any other organization for us, we work really hard to keep our admin 
category at 15% of our expenses. And that may be unrealistic. Um, and I, it's not a magic number, but that's what we look at. So we try to make sure that 85% of our expenses are going to some of the other work and only 15% to, uh, you know, do our management admin area. So Nathan, I don't know if you have a thought on, on that as well. Tim, you're, you're getting my blood pressure up here. Um, you know, I, these, these rating agencies, GuideStar and, and Charity Navigator, I mean, they, they, they are, they do a great thing and I'm not, I, I'm not saying that they, they don't have a place, but you know, they, they give these, these ratings to organizations. They don't know my organization. They don't know your organization. They don't know wh- how we function or what it is that we're actually doing. And so I, you really got to take these percentages with a grain of salt and, and you, you and your board have to determine what is right for us. And you know, if if donors want, I'm I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a little snippy here, Tim. But I could give you a a really good uh, ratio of admin expense to revenue generated. So, what if we just had one employee, one staff person, and that's it? That's all we did. Well, gosh, our our our, our ratio would be really really good. Would would we do any good in the world? Would we actually get anything done? Well, maybe not as much. So, um, you, I, okay, I'm done being snippy, Tim. This this is helpful. Um, it's something that I look at on a regular basis just to see what our percentages are, where where our money is going in these functional expenses. So let's jump into the last statement, and this is probably the one that we use the least or that I refer to the least. Um, and it's probably as you become a bigger organization, it's maybe more uh, applicable, but it's called statement of cash flows. And basically it shows how cash moves in and out of the organization broken into three sections. And the first section is operating operating section. It's basically the revenue and expenses that are the revenues coming in, expenses going out. So, and again, not broken down in in so many categories like the statement of activities, but basically overall, what is the revenue that's coming in in operations and what are the expenses going out? The second category is investing. So it's the idea of interest that you make on investments. That would be some of the revenue. So if you have a money, some money in a money market. Somebody gives you some stock that you hold on to for a little bit. So interest that you make on some of those investments go in there. Um, and also for expenses, it's payments made on long-term investment purchases or payments on a building or land. So it's basically the revenue that comes from investments and the money that's going out to, to purchase or, or make payments on investments. And then the last category is financing, which is the revenue from earnings or interest on financial activities and savings in your savings account. And then financial expenses like interest paid on a loan. So if you have a line of credit at a bank and you pay interest on some of that or whatever, so that goes into that. So it basically just shows how your cash flow works when it comes to operations, investing, and finances. So those are those are four statements that you need to have as a nonprofit 
and ones that you should be paying attention to. With that said, Nathan, I, I have I have four tips that I'd like to just share about. Okay, great. And now I know I have those statements. I kind of know what they do. What do I do with that? Let me give you these four four practical tips. The first tip is this. If this is an area of struggle, ask your bookkeeper to go over the statements with you and help you get a better understanding of the statements and what to look for. And, and this could be... Uh, Maybe it's not your bookkeeper. Maybe it's somebody else who's a financial expert. Maybe, uh, Nathan, I think you talked about, you know, there are people in your community, maybe a cute local community college or something uh, who yeah, might can be we, able to help as well. Tim, can you just get, can you go to like just a big company in town and and ask them at, to volunteer and to help with uh, with that? Yeah, you might, you might do that. I think one thing to always keep in mind is there are some nuances and some differences between for-profit accounting and non-profit accounting. There's, there's different ways to look at it. So as you get um, input, it's important that you also talk to someone who has a background in non-profit accounting and how to look at things. But yeah, you know, CPAs, there are, oftentimes there are people who specialize in nonprofit accounting and trying to find someone like that. The key is you don't have to be an expert. But if you if this is a struggle you're having, you need to spend some time uh, educating yourself so that you have the ability to be able to look at these and understand what's going on. The second tip is this. Block out time each month to go over the financial statements. Ask yourself, what story are being told here in these statements? Look for patterns. What things are standing out to you? What things are you not sure of that you need to do some more research? Every every month after we get our statements, I sit down and I, I go through each one of those. I look at them. I write out questions and, uh, and, and look for things that I need to follow up with. So don't just push it aside. I know you've got lots of other things going on in your life, many other things that you're trying to do, but you need to, maybe it's just 20 minutes uh, at the end of every month to look at your statements. But it's important to make time in your schedule to do that. Third tip is to schedule time to meet with your board treasurer and or if you have a some some uh, organizations have a finance committee and make sure that at once a month you're having those kind of conversations. So I when I get those statements and after I've had time to look at it, I schedule a meeting with our board treasurer and we go over it together. He has a different set of eyes to look at it and a different set of experiences. So we work on it together that then we're able to come to the board and talk about it together and help them understand what we see. So make sure you, you make time with your board treasurer or your finance committee. And here's the fourth one. When you're making big decisions, when you're working on future plans, be sure to include the financial picture in the mix. Look at, how you've been doing the last two or three years. Look at how you're doing this year. Look at what trends are there. What can you, what stands out to you and how will that impact the plans for the future, the decisions you have to make? Should you start this new program, this great opportunity? Well, let's also look at the finances. Let's look at the statements. What story is that telling us that may impact the launching of that, of that new program? So it's important to give some time around that as well. 
I, I approach finances and, and these documents always with a little bit of humor because it is, it is a struggle for me. It is not, uh, it's not something that comes naturally to me. So of course I deal with it with humor. Uh, but this stuff is, it is so important. And as executive directors, Tim and I have said this on this podcast several times before, and we think in, in our expert opinion that being a executive director of a small to medium-sized nonprofit is one of the one of the most difficult things to do ever, anywhere, uh, because you have to be experts in areas that you have no idea uh, what you're doing. You have to be an expert in program. You have to be an expert in finance. You have to be an expert in fundraising. You have to be expert in fixing the toilet when it overflows. You you have all of these things that you have to do, even though you have no real understanding of them. And so, um, you know, today and, and, and the information that Tim shared, you know, it, this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg of some of the things that you need to be paying attention to on these financial statements that that your organization creates on on a monthly, quarterly, and, and annual basis. So this is all important stuff that you need to be paying attention to. Well, I think the bottom line is is that understanding financial information about your organization is an important part of leading a nonprofit, like you just said, Nathan. Take time to develop in this area. Again, you, I know you're supposed to be the expert in every area, but just have enough to, enough expertise to be dangerous is the way I look at it. Know enough to know what questions to ask and how to dive into it. Take the time to develop in this area. Don't be afraid to ask for help or input from those who have expertise or experience when it comes not to nonprofit finances. Thank you for listening today. If you are benefiting from what is being shared on this podcast, we would like to ask you to share a review on the platform that you're listening to. Let us know how the podcast is benefiting you. If you would like to get in touch with us, our contact information can be found in the show notes. That's all for today. Until next time.